It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, what's up? Welcome to episode number 549 of Locked On Raptors for Friday, July 19th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley, RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors. And you can also find the entire Locked On Podcast Network, the whole catalog, on whichever podcast platform it is that you use. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Himalaya. We've got the national shows. We've got all the local feeds. We've got one big feed that puts them all into one place for you. If you find a show or a feed on the network that you want to support, please make sure you're subscribing, rating, and reviewing. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play. As I said, it's very, very, very helpful for you to do that. All right, on today's show, it's part two of my chat with Chris Manning from Locked On Cavs and Fear the Sword. Uh, we had a good chat about the Eastern Conference and how it all stacks up, and we did the first part, the bad teams, uh, on Thursday, and then I meant to post part two a little earlier on Friday. I apologize this is coming out past dinner time and past commute time. Um, I left the house and forgot to post it because I'm dumb, but I, uh, I'm sorry about that, but it's up now, and hope you enjoy the conversation. I hope you, if you have travel plans over the weekend, you can listen to this. And here are our opinions on the Raptors and the Nets and the Celtics and the Pacers and uh, the the Sixers and the Bucks as well. Very intriguing stuff. So without further ado, we'll get to the conversation with myself and Chris Manning of Locked on Cavs. A reminder, please make sure to check out Postmates. Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service you want all year round for a limited time. Postmates is giving Locked On listeners $100 in free delivery credits for your first seven days. Download the Postmates app and use the code LOCKEDON to get $100 in free delivery credit for your first seven days. That is a lot of jerk chicken you can order or whatever else it is you want to order. But why would you order anything other than jerk chicken? Uh, get on it, Postmates. Again, Locked On is the, is the promo code to get $100 in free delivery. And without further ado, we'll get to the conversation now with myself and Chris Manning of Locked On Cavs. Have a good one, everybody. Have a fantastic weekend, and we'll check in next week with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Yeah, so I, as we've gone through this, I've moved the heat. I had the heat in my second tier of the East, and now they are no longer in that tier. They are now in my magic tier with the Pacers. We skipped the Pistons. I don't really care. The Pistons are a bummer. I just I just hope Blake scores a lot. That's that one, and I, I hope... I hope they do like some kind of trade to like get a better point guard in there or something. Uh, like yeah, that. I would like, like Derrick Rose I don't have, like, to picks. not play. Derrick Rose shouldn't play. Also, it'd be really funny if they traded for Chris Paul to pair him and Blake again. That'd be great. <laughs> trade yeah, Reggie Jackson yeah. back to OKC to marry Chris Paul and Blake Griffin again and just make everybody mad. <laughs> with, with like worse DeAndre Jordan. Oh yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, no, Andre Drummond's better. Than, come on, dude. Andre Drummond's way better. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. DeAndre's bad now. He's way overpaid on the net. We'll get to him. I'm saying like peak Clippers DeAndre Jordan. Oh, okay, fine. Yeah, that's fine. I think I think I think Andre Drummond's still probably more talented than Jordan, but Jordan was used better, I guess. 
But is he as good at, like, being a friend with stars so we can secure $10 million good? Yeah, that's fair. Like, is, like great flex, great summer for DeAndre Jordan. I just want to say, like, big winner, DeAndre Jordan. Got dollars because he's tight with KD and Kyrie. Uh, DeAndre Jordan was to the Nets what Grievous Vasquez could never be to the Raptors. <laughs> there, was, there was a whole thing, like, oh, Grievous Vasquez and Kevin Durant are friends. He's going to be the reason that KD signs with the Raptors. Uh, that did not work. Neither did Jared Jack as Chris Bosh's pal. Jared Jack, the, the, greatest, the greatest friend of all time. Yeah. Like, just truly, like, should be in the Hall of Fame for, for being a good friend with other players. <laughs> So yeah, I don't have the Pistons in the playoffs. The Pistons bum me out. I think uh, like Dwayne Casey will milk some wins out of that team. I don't want to see Derrick Rose in the playoffs. I'm rooting hard against the Pistons doing anything because of Derrick Rose being on that team, and they are supremely depressing. What is your sort of like? Okay, do you have like locks for the playoffs? Because I think I have yeah six plus the Heat and Magic. Eh, Probably seven. I think. I have, I would say I have six, um, and I have them into two tiers. Okay. So I have as my next tier of locks, um, going down from from up from six up to three. So I have Indiana, I have Brooklyn, I have Boston, and Toronto yeah. as my next four. Okay, I have the Pacers in my on the bubble, but probably gonna make a tier. Like I have them below the Magic actually. Let's start. Let's start on the Pacers. I really liked their offseason. Oh, the quad scares the shit out of me. I'll just say that. Like that's yeah. all. I, that that's that's my Pacers take. It's like Victor Oladipo, like him and Malcolm Brogdon's feet are like the two biggest, and like the, the Sabonis Turner stuff. Like all that. Like I like them. They were good last year. If they're not like fully kind of functional, like it wouldn't surprise me. Especially if Oladipo does not come back like as good as he was before. Yeah, and so here's my thing with the Pacers offseason, is that I like the stuff they brought in. Like, I think the Jeremy Land move makes a lot of sense. I think TJ Warren was probably a little miscast as, like, the only good offensive player outside of Devin Booker in in Phoenix, and, like, he might fit in and just be, like, a good corner three-point shooter or something like that on this team who can offer a little bit of creation creation to sort of help with the Oladipo absence. And, like, the Brogdon thing, I think, works perfectly, and I think that pairing of... Brogdon and Oladipo eventually will be awesome. But when I think about that and think about the stuff they brought in, you kind of forget about the stuff they lost. And if you think back to that series against the Cavs, let me just like do this little brain exercise with you, and maybe this is a leading question because of where we're going. But if there are two guys who come to your mind outside of Victor Oladipo that were the reason why the Cavs struggled so mightily with the Pacers in the first round of 2018, who are those two guys? Two guys on that team that I like. You're saying like it's Boyan and Fad. Like they were amazing in that yeah. series. They were so yeah, essential. Yeah, Boyan in particular. Yeah, I would say it was Boyan and Oladipo for me because Oladipo yeah. in person was good. Yeah, and then Fad would be the other guy. But um, yeah, Bogdanovich was like well shockingly good on LeBron defensively in that series. Yeah, and like losing those two guys, I think is going to be huge. Like I know they kind of never really even made an effort to keep Thad and maybe there's a reason for that and maybe it's just because their front court is crowded and they want to try the Sabonis-Turner thing now um, which is kind of the new Gobert favors thing and see if it works before they move on from somebody there but mm-hmm. losing Thad and Bojan hurts a lot and now 
Like, I'm just not... Unless, like, Aaron Holiday really pops, which maybe he will, but he looked pretty bad in Summer League from what I saw, at least in the one game he played against the Raptors. I... Like, their bench is, like, TJ McConnell, Doug McDermott, TJ Leaf. Uh, like, it, it's not particularly interesting to me. And I think they're really going to miss Bojan and, Th- and Thad, like, a lot. And obviously when Oladipo comes back, everyone gets knocked down a peg. Jeremy Lamb becomes probably the sixth man, or TJ Warren does, whatever, your pick your poison there. And maybe that sort of stabilizes things a little bit. But Oladipo's not going to be back for a long time. Like, he got hurt in, I think, February or, like, January against the Raptors. It was in a game against the Raptors mm-hmm. where it happened. And, like, that injury seems pretty bad. And maybe he comes back in ten months and they have enough runway to sort of make up for whatever rough start there is. And I think they'll be very good defensively because Nate McMillan always seems to coach good defenses and, like, Brogdon's great at the point of attack. Turner's amazing around the rim. They'll fill in on the wing spots, although it's less... It's less encouraging when it's Lamb, Warren, and Sabonis as your 2-3-4 as opposed to Thad, Bojan, and Oladipo. <laughs> like, it's... I don't know. I think because the conference is so bad... They will probably make it anyway, but now that I'm looking at it, I'm not so shocked. I wouldn't be so shocked if, like, the Pistons or Bulls made it into the Pacers didn't, and, like, Oladipo returns just too late, and they can't make up the ground they lost, because I don't think this team is going to score at all in the early part of the season. Yeah, they're, uh, if they don't have the assets to do it, and the money it just is, like, crazy, but they would be a Kevin Love trade team to me. Ooh. I like that. If you're as a Cavs fan, who would you prefer? Because you would assume one of Sabonis or Turner is involved in that deal. If they're who doing it now, it has to be Turner. Yeah. Which I don't know. Well, no, I think that's fine. Um, but if you're doing it this year, it would have to be Turner. It would almost like you have to pick Sabonis by default if you want to go for that right now. Oh, just because of the money, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. Sabonis is making three point five this year, and then he's a restricted free agent next summer. Yeah, they don't really have anyone you can trade, right? Because it's all pretty small deals. Like, I guess McDermott's on a reasonably priced deal that you could sort of use to match. But, yeah, it's kind of a weird, top-heavy contract team. Yeah, I, for, I forgot that McDermott, like, existed. Um, McDermott and Leaf, they have the same player playing their backup three and four spots. <laughs> so, like, if you were going to do it now, so Kevin Love ah. this year is making... You're right there, Sean. What just happened? He's making twenty eight point nine. You would have to do Turner and like TJ Warren, and then I would want picks. Uh huh. That's like a a pick. And then yeah. even that TJ Warren can't be traded with other players right now because of his salary. So like, you know, Turner. If you just did the, those two things straight up. Uh, you have to cut like six million dollars back going out to Cleveland, so like you're getting into like McDermott. Uh, McDermott's kind of the guy, and yeah. or you wait till Warren can be traded with other guys. So like that's the archetype. But if I'm the Cavs, like I'm, you know, you'd want Turner, and I'd, I'd want some kind of pick. Um, yeah. Be it like like a Milwaukee second, or like uh, just some sort of like uh, some kind of protected first. Like that's sort of what I'm I'm kind of going for if I'm them. Because they gave um, up picks to get Brogdon, too, so they're not exactly cash-rich with picks right now, either. Yeah, are you betting on, like, a 2024, like, first? Like, you go way down the line, like, that, that, but, like, it, it would be Turner, if they're going to do that now, it would have to be the architect, and I can't, like, speak to how, like, Turner's awesome, um, mm-hmm. 
makes less money than love like him and nance's i don't know exactly how i feel about that fit but you could talk me into it um i don't hate it if i'm the Cavs. i don't know i don't know if i don't but if i'm indiana i don't know if turner's the guy i want to trade up those two yeah yeah but uh, i think for that i'll just like as much as we're going to talk about sabonis and and turner's fit like i think it's all about oladipo's quad and if his quad's not right like i don't know what we're doing here with them the NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, I'm very much less in on the Pacers than I thought I was going to be coming in. The Brogdon thing is so good that I think it kind of clouded my judgment yeah. of the rest of the team. As like all of the stuff yes. is happening in the offseason. It's like, oh man, crazy. Look at what the Pacers did. And then the dust settles and it's like, yeah, but Thad and Bojan were kind of important for them. Um, so yeah, I'm the Pacers are closer to bubble territory than the lock for me, I think. Um, and then I have the Magic and Heat in the sort of same tier as them. So we, I think we both then have the Raptors, Nets, and Celtics all as locks, yeah? Yeah. Um, I think that out of those teams, I think Toronto could be the, is the one likeliest to pivot just because like of the guys that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I look at some of these other I – like I like at Brooklyn, and it's just like what is Kyrie as a solo star going to be like this year? I don't really know. What does Karis LeVert look like as he goes into a restricted free agency – and then, like, are the Nets are like what is what is just what is Tatum? What is Walker in in there? What is Jalen Brown look like? How does Canner impact with no Horford really impact their defense? Um, I think all those teams are really interesting, just in in very very different ways. Yeah, I think for me, I'm the least high on the Celtics. I think their lack of front court. I think that is... I'm that I'm there as well. Even though I think like Brooklyn might finish behind them, just because Brooklyn could be weird. Fair enough. Um, I think the Celtics are going to be like kind of a train wreck on defense because I think Kemba Walker as much as Kyrie is not a very good defender I think Kemba is a step down defensively and will make it that much harder in the playoffs as well to defend point guards because he's going to be picked on pretty I think excessively when you get to a postseason environment I think Cantor obviously he was he's a very easy guy to like and he is cool and eats cheeseburgers and is very bad at playing defense and I think the, the Blazers got the very, very best of Venus Cantor, and it still wasn't even close to enough. And I think it's going to be... And he was sort of, I think, helped in that Thunder series in particular because he could kind of, you know, negotiate a pretty very cramped floor for the Thunder with Westbrook having the ball so much and his inability to shoot and not being a real threat off the drive uh, or off the, off, the, off, the, off the bounce, and then you kind of can go back and tag Steven Adams a little bit more easily and not worry about getting threes rained on your head by a point guard. And so, yeah, I think the Celtics are going to be rough defensively. I think they'll be pretty good offensively, maybe even better offensively. And I do very much subscribe to, like, the anti-Mori way of thinking in that a team has to like each other if it's really going to succeed. And I think the Celtics are going to hate each other a lot less this season because there's no Kyrie. And so maybe Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum just, like, free of the straight jacket that is fake deep Kyrie will become what people thought they were going to be. And maybe Kemba is just so much more like likable and galvanizing that they 
kind of figure it all out. But I do think the lack of front court depth is really going to hurt them unless like Grant Williams really pops or Robert Williams really pops. Um, and maybe they do. Like that could also happen. But I, I just they're not very deep to me. And I think the Tatum hype train I think will probably. I could see it kind of getting back on board this year, and he will have a big season maybe, but I don't really like his defense very much, and I don't like his ball handling, and I think it'll kind of be an empty calories, you know, reignition of the bandwagon, if that makes any sense. I don't know. I, I'm not very sold on the Celtics team. I think Marcus Smart's cool. I'm not I don't either. Know. They're, they're fine. They'll be, they'll, they'll be fine, and they'll, they'll again, they'll be probably more fun to watch than they were last year, but they lost a lot of dudes. And that's going to hurt. And Kyrie's better than Kemba. Yeah, he is. Like, I, I get. I, I don't disagree with that even a little toxic, bit. Toxic, yeah. but like better than Kemba. Yes, I. I guess my theory is that like a team hating each other less can sort of make up the. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If Kyrie's a one hundred and Kemba's an eighty, maybe that twenty is made up by the fact that no one hates Kyrie or Kemba's guts. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, I think that's about right. I would also, just, and I look at this group like. I think Harris LeVert for me is one of like the five to seven most interesting younger players in the league because like he was super good. He was the better he's better than D'Angelo before he got hurt last year. Comes back, wasn't quite exactly the same as D'Angelo kinda took over the team. D'Angelo's gone, but Kyrie's in there. You know, he still has Dinwiddie. Um KD, the the KD stuff like KD's coming back. What does LeVert look like as he goes into the last year of, of his rookie contract? Um like, he's going to be in a position, like, that free agency class absolutely sucks in 2020. He could, like, Zach Lowe was the, and Arnovitz were kind of were the people to point this out. But, like, if he's a great year, he can be, like, look at the Nets and be like, I'm, like, the best player in this free agency class. Pay me. Yeah. What does that mean? And, like, if he has a middling year, what does that mean? Like, I just think he's, like, a really interesting swing guy. And if he's really good but comes back on, like, a contract that is affordable and doesn't, like, totally – mess with the nets or, or put them like so kind of top heavy um i think like they could end up being really good and he's a just kind of a big part of that so i'm i just want to see what he looks like in all of this because he's kind of again i i like lavert a lot and i think if he can stay healthy and but looks that good like he becomes uh, a kind of swing piece because you cover toronto i just want to know where, yeah. where are you at on, on what, what toronto's done this summer and, and what you think they might do this year are they do you expect them to actually just like run this back sans Kawhi and just see what happens yeah i think they're gonna run it back at least to start because i don't think you can like i think they've earned the rope to not blow it all up before you go back and even have a chance to defend it all and i know like the dunk don take is to just trade everyone for assets but it's you're not going to get much for guys who are in their 30s on expiring deals that are very expensive first of all and i I just i think it's worth whatever opportunity costs whatever you're losing out on by not trading them it's worth running it back and having a feel-good season you know what i mean like this is going to be an insanely likable team next year like the defending champions who lose their star and are like a bunch of lovable olds and Pascal Siakam taking the reins and OG and Anobi bouncing back like this is going to be a really fun and I think the offense is going to make this into a really aesthetically pleasing team because we saw what happened last year when Kawhi sat like I'm not saying they're better when Kawhi didn't play that's not true but they were a little bit more fun to watch because they had to sort of run their 2017-18 offense, which everybody loved, if you think back to that, the culture reset and all that stuff. Like, Kyle Lowry sort of 
running the show there and the movement that they're going to have and the passing from every single spot and the shooting from every single spot, obviously it's lessened because you don't have Kawhi and Danny Green out there on the wing shooting. You have Norm Powell and OG Ananobi and Fred Van Vliet who are you know, varying degrees of effective from, from outside, but all, I mean, Norm was a 40% three-point shooter last season. OG has been pretty average and Fred obviously shot 10,000% in the conference finals and the finals. And so I think it's going to be a less dangerous, obviously, because you don't have Kawhi to sort of give you that championship ceiling, but it'll still be a very fun team to watch, and I think it's going to be monstrous on defense. And, like, they took all these flyers on Rondé Hollis-Jefferson and Stanley Johnson and Terrence Davis, and I think, like, one of them is going to hit, I think. Whether it's, like... Those are all the guys that Cavs should have signed, by the way. (laughs) Whatever, like, you perceive hitting to mean, like, if you think, you know, I don't think it means, like, any of them become, like, guys you want with the ball in their hands by any means, but, like, very good defenders who start hitting 35, 36, 38% of their threes, then you're talking about, like, a pretty deep team here once again, which has good defenders at every position. Like, that's the thing about this Raptors team is last year they had no bad defenders in their rotation, and they stand a good chance of running that exact same sort of setup back where there's no bad defenders in their entire rotation, and that's going to get you a long way. So, yeah, I think they're going to be really good. Like, I, I, like the Raptors have won 50 games three years in a row, and I am not ready to say they're not going to extend that streak. I think it'll be tough if there are injuries, obviously. It'll be, it'll be hard if they can't keep Lowry fresh, if Lowry's decline um, sort of accelerates here, which I think we're going to see, like, a bounce back offensively from Kyle. Like, I think we saw in the playoffs that they're still very much, like, an off-the-dribble monster of a three-point shooter in there who can sort of do the the dollar store Steph thing a little bit. And I think without Kawhi there to soak up all the possessions and without Kyle sort of actively trying to defer to Kawhi, you're going to see Kyle sort of take the reins back a little bit. And I, I, yeah, I think you'll see him average like, you know, he averaged 14, I think, a game this past season. I think he'll go back up to like 17, 18, something like that. And then Siakam, I mean, he's kind of the wild card and all of it. If he's just the exact same player he was last year, I think, you know, obviously there's going to be a probably a drop-off he had like a 63% true shooting last season as the number two option and as the number one option maybe that drops down to 58 59 even if that's the case if he's the same player with the same skill sets and the same weaknesses that he had last year that's a damn good player that's probably a max player and I don't think that's going to carry over I think he's going to become a more reliable three-point shooter he's already sort of flashed little instances of having a bit of an off-the-bounce pull-up game and if that's the case and then that becomes a thing for him then the ceiling of the team kind of changes a little bit. I don't necessarily think any Siakam leap is going to make them as good as the Sixers or Bucks, but maybe. Like, we don't know what the leap's going to look like. And, you know, that's going to be the fascinating thing for me. I think we'll kind of know pretty early on with Siakam, like, is he adapting well to this new role and what is sort of possible here? And so, yeah, like, this is going to be a good team. They're going to be really good defensively. They're going to probably still have a top 10 offense just because of, of the smart people they have. Marcus Gasol is going to get more of an offensive role. People forget, like, he only averaged, like, nine a game for the Raptors last year, playoffs and, uh, and regular season combined. But he was averaging, like, 18 a game at the start of the season for Memphis last year. Like, he still has offensive chops. He just didn't have to flex it all that much with the Raptors because of all the other talent they had. And he's going to probably go into the season as, like, the third option for the Raptors, which is kind of fun, and I'm looking forward to that. So uh, they'll be, like, a league pass darling, I think, because they'll be just, like, spunky and old, and they'll pass a lot, and it'll be pretty, and Siakam will be doing his thing. And I, I think, 
I have them right now as the third seed in the East, and maybe that's like homerism, but I kind of think it's the, the right spot for them. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, I'm I'm in a, I'm in on the Toronto experience this year. I think they should be good. I, I like Kyle. I like Mark. Like, I love, I want to see what Siakam can kind of do. I'm, I'm very in on them. It sucks. Like, I wish they got to run it back, but yeah um i i think they they're kind of going to be really interesting kind of in their own way in that regard all right um i think that this leaves two teams yep for us at the top um i don't know which i think it's for me it's the bucks number one and philly number two i have so many questions about how philly's really going to work you know like can Embiid stay healthy is the big one like how do they replace reddick and, and his importance of spacing like what does Tobias kind of look like this year with no Jimmy? Like, what does not having Jimmy mean? How does outfit? Can Ben Simmons, like, do any kind of jump shotty things? Like, and the Bucks, I think, are going to be the Bucks. I, I think they're going to miss Brogdon. I would have, if I was them, and I I know the cost is different or whatever, but I would have rather had Brogdon than Bledsoe. Uh, but getting George Hill back to me is good for them. I like, I think that team's going to make a lot of sense. Giannis should just keep being insane and we'll see maybe his jump shot kind of evens out a little bit but I think those are clearly the best two teams in the East and I think on paper I think Milwaukee should be better yeah I think so too I think you know this is sort of the thing that was the case last year when the Sixers changed their team four times it's that we never really knew what they were going to look like whereas the Bucks, there was a through line of the entire year it's like yeah they, they look exactly like this we know exactly how they're going to play and I think that is very conducive to regular season success. It's kind of the Raptors formula of the last many years, except for last year, really. You know, under Dwayne Casey, it was, all right, this is how we play, this is what we do, we have good players, and we're going to win 55 games because of it. And I think that is kind of what's going to happen with the Bucks, And obviously with Giannis, that changes that from 55 to potentially 60 or 63 or something like that. Um, losing Brogdon hurts a lot, and I think not having Brogdon in the playoffs might come back to bite them because I think maybe we just have to assume Eric Bledsoe is forever a pumpkin in the postseason and that seems like a bad thing <laughs> and so I, I the Sixers are weird to me in comparison to the Bucks because I don't necessarily think the Sixers are better or more well built but I think and maybe this is just because I lived through the Raptors Sixers blood wars and I know now that the Sixers are terrifying and a lot of that was Butler related because he was so good but like Simmons can have these flashes where he is just unstoppable in the open court and and Bede can have games where even if he only puts up like 17 and 12 he's like a plus 40 just because he is so daunting just near the rim he just changes the shape of the floor defensively in a way that I don't really know if I've ever seen anybody do it it's like Rudy Gobert like except he can also play offense and not be reliant on catching balls from point guards but um yeah I I think I really just respect Embiid and I think they should have more leeway this year to rest him and sort of load manage him the way the Raptors treated Kawhi almost right like I think that if there's a player in the league who could stand to be load-managed the way Kawhi was, it's Embiid for sure. 
And with Horford oh, there, yeah. who can slide down and play the four, play the five, and you can have Harris slide down and play the four, and you have guys you can slide in. You have wings in Zaire Smith and Mattis Tybull or whoever that you want to get a look at. I think there will be a lot of incentive for the Sixers to just sort of chill on just going so hard with them beating the regular season because, man, that dude's a monster. And I kind of like the Sixers in a matchup against the Bucks in a playoff series because I think there are just fewer like defensive liabilities on the Sixers. I think there are fewer like there's just it's just really hard to score on Philly, man. It's really hard. And the Bucks, unless Giannis can kind of figure out a pull up game this offseason, I think could run into a similar situation they ran into with the Raptors, where you throw a defense at the Bucks, and if it doesn't work for Giannis, then you're kind of cutting the entire head off the team, and then it all falls apart. And the Sixers don't have a Kawhi, and Kawhi switching onto Giannis was obviously the biggest thing in that series and sort of changed the tenor of it. But they do have Horford, who's been pretty good against them in the past, and then Embiid there is sort of a help defender that's really, really scary. And Josh Richardson's good at defense, much better than J.J. Redick was. Like, I think they're a better defensive team now than they were last year. I really believe in Simmons as well as a defender. Maybe he could do like a, a Kawhi version of what Kawhi did on Giannis in a playoff series. Like they have more options, I think, than a lot of teams do. So I think I might pick the Sixers right now if like a playoff series were to start today, I'd pick the Sixers. But I think the Bucks will win north of 60 games and be pretty clearly the best team in the East while the Sixers maybe struggle to find those wins because they're resting jo- Joel Embiid sometimes, because they're figuring out the fit offensively. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if the Sixers aren't the two seed in the East. You know what I mean? Like, I, I could see them being the third seed just because it takes a long time to figure out who they are. But I still think oh, it would no take question. them for sure to win most, if not all, of their series within the East. Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. And I also just think, like, you look at Milwaukee's just going to be what they are with Bud, and, like, there's just going to be less sort of variability. That's something you kind of pointed out, I think, correctly. Um I like just really just I wonder what like the if there's a team we could see jump up I wonder if this is if there's a team one of these teams could really make to kind of do this they're all in kind of weird spots financially but um I feel like there's like gonna there, there's just a vacuum there and we look at the west and it's like we think okay all these teams can really go for their like Portland should go do something or like whomever what is like a move a team in the East could make that could get them there? I don't like quite know how the math works. And I have not like surveyed topics yet. I don't think either of the top teams are Kevin Love teams, but I think there is just there's there's just a vacuum there, and I just want to see someone go and see it. And I I think either of these teams could though win the title as is. I think if things work out for them and they won't be as we sort of expect them to be linearly, but like I think both these teams are legit teams that could win the title, and I think that's still really interesting. And look, Philly was. You know the Kawhi shot rolling out and, and winning overtime away from advancing, and Milwaukee was was there, and they have Giannis, and we'll see. They how were they, a they weird were ass overtime. They were a double overtime away from beating the Raptors as well. Like they were, they would have been yes. at three zero in that game three after that game three, and they lost. And yeah, like the margins are so yeah. thin. They're both title worthy teams, I think for sure. Like they're the. the maybe there's six of those teams out west, but I think they're very clearly the only two in the east, as we mentioned off the top. And as far as, like, a deal that could be made, I don't know. Is there, like, the Sixers have kind of traded all their future stuff, so they couldn't really be a Beal team, I don't think. Like, if you could package, like, Richardson and some stuff for Beal, then, yeah, that is freaky. Um, Or, or, yeah, I I just don't think they have really the stuff for the future because they traded so much of their future assets. But I think... (sighs) 
the Sixers is like a Chris Paul team too, maybe. Is that weird? I just want to, yeah. I don't want Chris Paul on all the teams. <laughs> yeah, let's get Chris Paul on all the teams and yeah. like just have, I mean, if of anybody, they're the ones that have to go for it, right? Yeah. Who, the Sixers? Like Embiid is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they've yeah, kind of like gone they for it now. Like, they don't. They don't. They don't have time to like wait on Embiid to like. Like they, Embiid could have his career ended at any time. Like that's that's not fun to say, but it's that that's a fact. Yeah, I mean they they kind of have gone gone for it though. They've like been all in for like two years now, and it didn't really work yeah. with the Butler thing. Like I I think they're gonna really miss Butler when it comes to like creation and their offense. I think is gonna be a little bit tricky to figure out because of that because a lot of the times when things got sticky because Simmons's gravity is so messed up you could just be like alright Jimmy go do the thing and he would do the thing you could throw Simmons the dunker spot and it kind of worked they don't really have that option this year because like Josh Richardson was so bad at running Miami's offense that they made just as freaking Winslow the point guard so I don't think you can really good at it to be fair yeah I guess but like I don't know I, I don't think you can really say that Josh Richardson's going to make up for even 50% of what Jimmy Butler leaves behind. So, yeah, their offense is going to be weird. There's, their defense is going to be, I think, transcendent. And that is the reason for me that I'll pick them to go through the East right now as it stands, even without a trade. But find a way to get Bradley Beal on that team. That'd be fun. Kyle Korver would be, like, a nice little veteran pickup for them, too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, these would be buyout teams, too, right? Like, the Sixers in particular, because they're always oh, looking yeah. for depth. Yeah. Um, all right, man. I think we've kind of exhausted this pretty well. This was one of our better yeah. East check-ins, I think. Yeah, I think the East is in a weird spot, and I think that makes it really fun for us to kind of look at this and kind of try to figure it out a little bit. Um, I just, I, I need like an, I'm, a FIBAs will be interesting, but like I, I'm getting more intrigued to, um, to, to being open to the season starting. Like I wasn't there a week ago, but I'm, I'm getting there. Yeah, I mean, a Chris Paul trade of the Magic will help. Uh... Definitely yeah, let's go. bridge us. It'll, it'll be like the sandwich you have to get yourself to dinner. But uh, until then, we'll just have to wait it out, I suppose. Chris, man, this was awesome. Uh, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Chris, where can people find your work? Uh, Fear the Sword. Um, find Locked on Cavs wherever you get podcasts. And check out anything else I tweet out as well on Twitter at CWMWrites. And I am at Woodley Sean. Please subscribe, rate, review iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Himalaya on uh, whatever podcast platform you use, please. Whatever podcast, Locked on Raptors, Locked on Cavs, Locked on NBA, Locked on Thunder, whatever it is, please make sure you're subscribing, rating, and reviewing. It's very, very helpful to us. Uh, I would also say please uh, check out Postmates, as we mentioned. Check out your smart speakers. You can play the Locked On Podcast Network at, at, all, at all times. If you're in the car, you can use voice activation to play the Locked On Podcast Network. Just say, hey, play podcast blank and it'll play the podcast for you. And there are no shortage of ways for you to check it out. If you want to sponsor a Locked On Podcast Network show, please email davidlock at uh, gmail.com. I believe his, his email. He is the guy to email there. to get uh, dlock09 at gmail.com is the one uh, you can get. Oh, fuck. I'm going to edit this part out. I don't know if I should be giving out his email. Uh, <laughs> yeah, fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't, what's the... What's the process for reaching out for local ads? They're telling us to read about it, but I don't know what the actual liner is. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I haven't looked. Let me see here. Yeah, it's not here. Uh, okay. All right. 
If your company wants to reach an upscale male audience, then your company's ad should be running right here on the podcast to get your company connected with it. Please email locked at lockedonpodcast.com. That's locked at lockedonpodcast.com to start increasing your business's reach on the Locked On Podcast Network. And of course, uh, thank you so much for tuning in and we will talk to you next time with another episode of Locked On Cavs, Locked On Raptors, whatever it is on the Locked On Podcast Network. Have a good one, everybody. Cheers. All right, buddy. Thanks right. again. Yeah, man. Do you uh, have a recording on your side? I do. I'm going to okay. split this up into two parts because I, I have like a break point that I'm going to throw in there just so I can like eat up two days. But, okay, um, cool. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 